Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, the summer of KD and Kyrie, it's just getting started. So Woj joins us with his latest reporting surrounding the duo and their next chapter. Plus, new developments on James Harden's multi-year deal with Philadelphia and how it impacts the Sixers and what they can do this offseason. And reaction to Zion Williamson's max contract extension, what it means for the future of the Pelicans, all that and so much more. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews. I hope everyone enjoyed their holiday weekend, but we need to get right to it and bring in our senior NBA insider, Adrian Wojnarowski, because it already feels like there are things that we missed over the weekend, Woj, but you were all over it. With this past weekend sort of being the first one of the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving free agency, it's come and gone. What's the net strategy today as they continue to assess potential trades for Kevin Durant specifically? Yeah, Malika, I really think it's the same as before the weekend, and that's to get back uh, as many assets as they can for Kevin Durant. And that may take time. These are complicated deals. And, you know, you look back at some of the big deals uh, Brooklyn has done, including James Harden uh, with Houston. That played out over a couple of months. Now, uh, this is the offseason, and, and it has a different momentum than the season does. I think one thing that might be helpful, Malika, if, if there's not a deal done here in the next couple days and I don't have any sense that there's one imminent, everybody getting the summer league, the GMs, the team presidents, being able to sit down face-to-face, you know, I think that has value in contract talks, especially, or uh, trade talks, especially when you're trying to put together complex deals. I think especially with Phoenix, where you're going to need multiple teams involved, mm-hmm. Miami, uh, but, you know, Still, the Toronto Raptors, that's the team. I think the most seamless trade for Brooklyn, uh, they can do a one-on-one trade with the Raptors. The assets are there. The ability uh, with, I think, quality enough players, uh, draft picks, and, and contracts that match up. I think, ultimately, that's the least complicated deal. And I think, you know, people should keep watching uh, as the Raptors uh, stay involved in these conversations. But, uh, listen, I don't think... Uh, the Nets are in any rush. They know what's at stake with Kevin Durant. They know they have to get back a monumental haul. And I think the Rudy Gobert trade only solidified their belief um, of what Kevin Durant's value is going to be on the market. Interesting. Absolutely. You also reported this morning, Woj, that T.J. Warren is on his way to Brooklyn. What does that signing mean for the Nets? I think it just tells you that the Nets, they want to put as good of a team as they can on the floor this year. This isn't a team, you know, that's looking in a Kevin Durant trade or a Kyrie Irving trade um, that they're going to, you know, head toward a rebuild. You know, they're going to get back good players. And uh, for Kevin Durant, potentially, maybe another very, very good player and pick. So you're going to need T.J. Warren uh, and, of course, uh, Edmund Sumner, who they also signed, another guard who played 
for the Pacers. Simply, you know, these are good rotational players, and I think T.J. Warren has shown when healthy he can be a very good starter in the NBA. We absolutely saw that, especially in the bubble when he had that 50-plus piece. Um, the other mm-hmm. big domino, though, in Brooklyn, Woj, is Kyrie Irving. How realistic is it that we could see him in a Lakers uniform? Malika, listen, I think there's a dance that the Nets and Lakers are going to do over a period of time here. And I do think there was a check-in between the two teams. I think ultimately, I think one of the big questions that would have to be answered in a Kyrie Irving-Laker deal, and if Russell Westbrook's involved, then he almost certainly would have to be just based on the contracts. Uh, how How many draft picks or draft pick would the Lakers be willing to give up? They've got their 27 pick. They got their 29 pick. And I think as that conversation probably picks up again here, whether it's at Summer League or, or further in the summer, you know, I think uh, probably the Nets' insistence that they get, you know, significant uh, draft compensation, especially taking on the money, the additional money, and, of course, the value uh, of Kyrie Irving as a talent. But I think both sides know um, – the other may not have anywhere to go in the interim. And so mm. I, I don't know if there's a rush for the two of them uh, to sit down and really get moving. But again, I would imagine both Rob Palenka, Sean Marks will be in Vegas in Summer League. And that's a conversation they could decide to pick up there again. Since they're not in a rush, let's set Brooklyn aside for just a moment and stick in the East, though. Where do the James Harden negotiations stand with the 76ers right now, Woj? Well, they're not in a rush either. And I think if you saw, <laughs> if you saw social media this weekend, you saw James Harden, uh, some of his teammates were having a great time out in the Hamptons and, and clearly just uh, knocking out this contract and getting it done uh, was not a priority on the mm. holiday weekend. But uh, it's expected to get done here, whether it's in the next 24, 48, 72 hours. Uh, James Harden sitting down with the Sixers. Uh, and just getting to uh, a longer-term deal with them. Obviously, by opting out, he's allowed them to go out into free agency, pick up P.J. Tucker, Daniel House. uh, And and so those are players now that, um, under the salary cap, they they were able to get. They probably wouldn't have been able to get uh, if they had uh, had a James Harden who opted in. So uh, the expectation is it's coming, uh, that they'll sit down and, and figure out what exactly the numbers will be on that extension and how many years, but but James Harden will be back in Philadelphia, as we've known really here for a few weeks. It's coming, and we will be staying tuned for your reporting when it does. Adrian Wojnarowski, thank you so much for your time. I hope you got a little bit of a break to enjoy your holiday weekend. We will be talking soon, my friend. All right, let's remember, Harden, he was on the Nets earlier this year. Doesn't that feel like forever ago? It has been... An eventful offseason for Brooklyn thus far. Obviously, Kyrie Irving opting in to his $36.5 million player option. And then, remember, Kevin Durant, yeah, he requested a trade just before the start of free agency. Oh, my gosh, that was only last Thursday. And then the Nets, they acquired Royce O'Neal for a 2023 first-rounder. And then Brooklyn agreed to terms with Patty Mills and Nick Claxton. And then today, as Woj mentioned and reported, T.J. Warren was brought in along with Edmund Sumner. They have all been brought into the fold. All right. I want to bring in our ESPN senior writer, Zach Lowe, and our resident big man, Kendrick Perkins. Hello, gentlemen. The, the where is KD going question, it was asked at, every barbecue over this weekend, right? So let's ask it right here. As these discussions, Perk, continue to take form, take shape, what does KD need to hear from the Nets or potentially from other GMs to possibly widen his wish list? Because we've heard it's Phoenix and Miami, but as Adrian Wojnarowski just reported, Toronto Raptors, these types of teams, we should be keeping an eye on, Perk. 
Well, well, Malika, over the weekend, I had a lot of time to think. And you know when I start <laughs> thinking, that's not a good thing, okay? So here's the thing, right? I thought about it, and let me channel, let me channel my inner Brian Windhorst for a second. Okay, I'm looking <laughs> in and I'm saying, why would KD want out, okay? Why would Kyrie go searching and seeing if a team would want to do a sign and trade, and then all of a sudden he opt in into his contract. And then all of a sudden, once Kyrie Irving opts in into his contract, then Kevin Durant comes out and says, I want to be traded. He tells he, he tells the Brooklyn Nets he want to be traded. I'm to the point, and I came up to, with the conclusion that I don't believe Kevin Durant. I don't believe it at all. Matter of fact, it makes zero sense to me that he wants to be traded at this point. I don't believe he believes it. I think Kevin Durant is 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 doing this as a scare tactic in order to help Kyrie Irving have leverage to get him signed long-term with the Brooklyn Nets. Because then think about this for a second. Rudy Gobert quietly got traded. We didn't really know too much that was going on with Volvo. We heard the rumors. But think about what Minnesota gave up. We're talking about KD, a top five player, arguably the best player in the NBA, and we're we're saying that he hasn't been moved yet. I mean, look, KD is like the Jordan Concourse, the 11s. Like, when they come out and you know it's a release date, it's an hour max before those Jordans are sold out. So you're sitting up here telling me right now that Kevin Durant is still on the market. Unless you're Milwaukee and you're not giving up Giannis, you're not giving up John Moran if you're Memphis, mm-hmm. you're not giving up Luka if, if you're Dallas, um, you're not giving up Steph Curry, but if you any other team around the NBA and Kevin Durant is on the market, and you mean to tell me that nothing has been done or no fight, like no traction has picked up over the weekend? I don't believe it. Uh, okay. I, there was just a whole lot that was put down there, Zach. I feel like we just need to take a mm-hmm. just just one hot hot minute. So so Kendrick, I'm hearing you say as you're channeling your inner Brian Windhorst that. Why mm-hmm. hasn't a trade been done yet and you're not sure if Kevin Durant really wants to be traded? Is that what you're saying? That's that's exactly what I said. Oh. I don't believe it. I'm telling you, okay. I have to see it. But as of right okay. now, I don't believe it. Okay, well, well, we know this is a very complex trade that would have to happen. Zach, uh, you look a little bit skeptical here. I need a few minutes to recover from the perk bomb that just got thrown all over the studio. I'm not quite sure what happened, but I get I get what he's saying about a leverage play. But you answered your own question, Perk. Why hasn't a Kevin Durant trade happened when Rudy Gobert got traded? Rudy Gobert's tr- being traded for seven draft assets is one of the reasons why That's Kevin Durant hasn't that. gotten traded. It's virtually it, it's virtually impossible for. Uh, the Nets to get commensurate return for Kevin Durant from one team and maybe not even two teams. So this is going to take a while as they try to cobble the best package possible because if Rudy Gobert can get Utah that, well, Kevin, it's it's almost... People looked at that trade as a good sign for Sean Marks and the Nets. Like, wow, what a standard's been set. I almost thought it was sort of a bad uh, omen for them because it's raised standards, it's raised expectations to just an unreasonable place. There's no way they're going to get commensurate value for Kevin Durant, so they're going to search and search and search for the best possible package, and it's going to take a long time. 
I'm just still processing the but fact why? that Perk, yeah, that the, the, the you that you don't believe that he wants to be traded. I'm just trying to imagine that conversation and what sort of happens in all of this, Kendrick. Well, I, I mean, because I, I'm looking at it even before Rudy was traded, Kevin Durant still was. He still had announced already, what, two or three days before Rudy was traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves that he wanted out. What I'm saying is, is this. I put KD in the same conversation with Giannis. If Giannis hit the market and said that he wanted to be traded, I guarantee you the Milwaukee Bucks would have got something done in two days. Well, because everybody would have emptied. But listen, hold on. So what I'm saying is, is when you have this caliber player, it's no way that you have this many teams out there with this many young superstars or young stars, and they're not jumping and hurry up and trying to get a deal done to land Kevin Durant. I don't care what they have to give up. But, We're talking about KD, Malika. Of course, but it's not what, what they need to give up. It's what Brooklyn would want to get in return. I know. And, they, and, and what I'm saying is if I'm the general manager and I got my chances okay. on getting Kevin Durant, I'm granting Brooklyn whatever they want. Zach, I don't, it's, see, it's, see it's, not adding, <laughs> it's not adding up to me. Is this Everything adding up to is you? not adding up Zach? to me. That's the problem. I don't even think we're doing math anymore. We're doing something do math. above math. So nothing, sure. <laughs> nothing, nothing is quite, nothing is quite adding up. But look, I mean, first of all, what you're describing, Perk, is happening. Teams are flooding Sean Marks's phone with inquiries, with offers. Yeah. Teams that haven't even been mentioned before are calling the Nets every day, every hour, multiple times a day. I know this for a fact. And they're getting the impression that the Nets are slow playing this. They're going to wait. They understand that Phoenix is out there, but a two-team trade with Phoenix, as Woj said, yeah. is very complicated. I'm not even sure the Nets want DeAndre Aiden as part of that trade. But to go back, what does Kevin Durant want? That matters, too, because none of these teams off the beaten path. Malika, you mentioned the Raptors. People have talked about the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, all these teams off the list loaded with assets. None of those teams are offering their best stuff unless they get to talk to Kevin Durant and his people and mm. get a sense. Hey, would you like to come here? Do you think this is a good situation? Because we're not offering our best stuff, whatever you think it is. If you're going to come here and be moody and say, well, I wish I had gone to Phoenix. I never wanted this situation. They're going to need Kevin Durant to choose them in order to trade whatever you conceive of their best assets or else there isn't going to be a trade to those teams. Well, that's when it becomes tricky. That's Th when it becomes complicated, you. Perk. Thank you, Malika. Thank you, Zach. You just answered. You just answered what I was saying. Was was that you just proved my point? Why is Kevin Durant not being more active instead? Like, why is these conversations not being held? If if Kevin Durant really wants out, like he say he wants out, why is these conversations not being held? And who's to say the Brooklyn Nets are not ignoring phone calls? Just because people are calling in, do they have to be taking them? Look, I'm just not believing the hype right now. I'm telling you. I had time to think over the weekend. I ate good. And once I start eating and I start sitting down and I start thinking, these are the things. And I'm like, you know what? This is just common sense right here. KD, nowhere in hell he should still be on the market. Well, I, I just think I'm going back to the first thing you said when you opened your mouth as we started this show, which was, 
I got to thinking and no good things come of that. So so that's kind of what I'm going to go back no. to here and say, all right, Perk, I, I'm just going to put a pin in this for now. And we're going to get back to Kevin Durant a little okay. bit later in the show. Um, still to come, though, on NBA Today, you know who's joining us? UConn women's basketball star Paige Beckers. She will stop by NBA Today and talk about how she once played one-on-one against Chet Holmgren. Plus, how dangerous does a healthy Zion make the New Orleans Pelicans? Our reporter, Andrew Lopez, he's going to join us and break down his new max extension and much more on Durant and Kyrie's potential trade packages. We'll ask Bobby Marks about some realistic moves that the Nets can make here. Keep it locked. Do not go anywhere. More NBA Today after the break. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I just have this confidence about me. It kind of brings out flag. Try to keep a smile on my face when I'm playing because I just love basketball so much. Paige, she's my idol. I'm in the zone, gotta perform, gotta be willing to carry the load. We now welcome in UConn superstar Paige Beckers. Paige, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. So let's just dive right in. Your coach at UConn, Gino Ariema, recently asked you to stay in Connecticut, work on building your strength this summer ahead of your junior year, and he said that he told you that you do a lot for a lot of different people, and he thinks it's the right time to start putting stuff into yourself. How do you respond to that? Uh... It's hard just because, like, I'm a people pleaser and I love to do everything for other people and make sure that everybody else is taken care of. But it was kind of eye-opening for him to say that to me just because I'm like, wow, I really do focus a lot on others. And this is my first summer here healthy. So just being able to work on my game, get stronger, be in the weight room a lot. Yeah. Work on my nutrition, just things like that. Send me your plan so that I can uh, so I can get on that with you, so I can do that too. I do want to get into some NBA related stuff here. Going back to your home state, Minnesota, you've been friends with Magic guard Jalen Suggs for years since since your AAU days, and you and Chet Holmgren went to his summer league games together. Were you hoping that he'd go number one so that you could watch them team up? Yeah, that would be insane <laughs> just to see where we started in like the St. Louis Park high school gyms and 
I mean, we weren't really known at that point. We were still making our names for ourselves and each other. So just to see where they are now, um, both going top five in the draft and both are in the NBA, it's surreal. Absolutely. It's it's wild. But in all seriousness, we talked about that feedback that you got from Gino that you need to put time in on the strength side. And Chet has kind of gotten some of that feedback about his frame as well. You've seen him play. How do you assess his game? He's a unicorn. I mean, a lot of the scouts say it. I'm, he does everything. I mean, he's he's tall, seven one or seven two, uh, seven foot something. But we play one <laughs> seven one foot against, huge. Yes, exactly. We play one on one against each other, and he's impossible to score against. So just his defensive um, presence that he's going to bring to the NBA and him being able to do everything on offense, it's it's going to be good for the game and for where he's at. You played one on one. How did that go? Uh, I'm, <laughs> it's hard to score against him. I'll tell you that. But, um, I think defensively I, I held my ground pretty yeah. well, but I'm still working on creating my shot against him. I was going to say, I, I feel like he probably had a little bit of a hard time against you too. Um, you're, you're one year into your NIL deal. How have you been using your partnership that you have with Gatorade to, to grow the women's game and, and support the women's basketball community? Yeah, with every NIL deal that I have, my focus is on giving back and prioritizing equity on and off the court. Um, So when I was first working with Gatorade, there was a Gatorade's Fuel Tomorrow initiative, um, which is helping younger kids and younger women and younger minorities have equal opportunities to play the game. So that was huge for me in just giving back. And I've seen how sports can change lives. So it changed mine and it, it can save lives. It can change lives. So I think it's really important for everybody to get those same opportunities. Paige, thank you so much for your time and for hanging with us here on NBA Today. You are welcome to come back at any point. Appreciate that. Is there something, one more thing I could say? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, just a president or a message to President Biden, um, the government, and anybody with high enough power to help get Brittany Griner back home. I believe it's way far due for her to come home, and she's an American. She's a hero. She's our sister in the WNBA, and she's just family to the whole United States. So just whatever it takes to get her home, uh, I think it's definitely time. Paige, thank you so much for that message. Um... It's incredibly important. Obviously, her trial in Russia begins shortly, and we will be covering that uh, here on NBA Today. That interview was pre-taped. The trial is underway. We will have more coverage of Brittany Griner later in this show. Uh, This weekend, though, is WNBA All-Star Weekend in Chicago. And Saturday on ESPN, we'll have the three-point contest and skills challenge at 3 Eastern. And then on Sunday, the 18th annual All-Star Game is on ABC, 1 o'clock Eastern. Both are also available on the ESPN app, so you can watch from anywhere. Still to come in this jam-packed show with Zion's new contract extension. Could New Orleans be a fit for Kevin Durant? We will discuss that. Plus, um, we're almost a week into free agency, so we ask our panel who the biggest winners and losers are thus far. And did you know Summer League already in full swing? So we're going to take a look back at the best Summer League plays of all time before we head to Summer League. Don't miss that. NBA Today is just getting started. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. type force of nature with a point guard skill set. He's the most unique player on the planet. I am who I am. I'm Zion. Zion has only played in 85 career games in his first three seasons, but he's gotten plenty of buckets when he's been on the court. Only Michael Jordan himself has more points in a player's first 85 career games than Zion, and that's since the 1976 merger. We now welcome in the man who has the Pelican beat on lockdown. That's Andrew Lopez. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's just jump right in here, Andrew. Despite not playing all of last season, I remember Zion said in April that if he was offered the extension, he, quote, couldn't sign it fast enough. So how might that come into play tomorrow? Well, obviously, he agreed to the contract extension this past weekend. But right now, uh, as of tomorrow, they can start signing contracts at 1201 Eastern. Mm. I don't think it's going to take that long after that to hear an <laughs> announcement from the New Orleans Pelicans that Zion Williamson has agreed on a five-year extension. He is going to sign that very quickly. This has been his priority. This has been the team's priority. It, it didn't take long for us to get through there from the start of free agency, right? So now that we are here, it's, it's about getting him back on the court. And look, this team looks a lot different from the last time Zion played. Obviously, uh, missed all of last season, but the yeah. last time he was on the court, Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo Ball, uh, Stephen Adams were uh, were starters in that game. James Nunnally, James Johnson were coming off the bench. Th- this team looks so much different now with C.J. McCollum, another year of Brandon Ingram. Uh, you have Dyson Daniels, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado. Jonas Valanciunas is starting at center. Larry Nance is here. Things look a lot brighter in New Orleans than they did the last time Zion stepped on the floor. Wow. When you're saying all those names, I was like, oh, my gosh, that feels like forever ago. You're right. Uh, Andrew, the CBA rules, though, that means that when he does sign this max contract at 12.01 and 30 seconds, as Woj reported, he can't be traded anytime soon. So we've played around a little bit with Bobby Marks on some compelling trade packages that would include Kevin Durant and the Pelicans, but that's just sort of us having a little bit of fun. So what are the Pelicans saying here? Well, right now, look, they are – I think they have a case to be in that conversation. Mm. We've all thrown around these these trades. Look, if you were to the, the Pels have one of the easiest trades to make right now, one of the cleanest trades if you include Brandon Ingram. You put Brandon Ingram in the deal, you only need about four and a half million dollars to get to salary matching rules per the CBA. So you don't have to get to a place where you're trying to involve three or four teams. They have the picks. So it, it kind of makes sense. Now, obviously, if I'm New Orleans, I would like to hang on to Brandon Ingram. Yeah. I would like to try and put them together uh, and make a nice big three with those guys, even a big four if you want to put CJ in that. So, But right now, I think obviously New Orleans has uh, somebody who has familiarity with Kevin Durant and Willie Green, who is the head coach. Willie Green was in Golden State when Kevin Durant was there. Jared mm, Collins was in Golden State 
when Kevin Durant was there. So if that's what you're looking for, it the pieces start to make sense. And you can see why we've continuously talked about New Orleans as being a dark horse candidate for Kevin Durant. Sort of whether or not they land Kevin Durant. Obviously, if they do, it becomes an even more interesting team to watch. But regardless, they are poised to potentially make some noise in the West next year. Andrew Lopez, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us. Uh, The biggest issue, though, for Zion in his young career thus far has been his availability, right? He's only the third number one pick in the modern draft era to play fewer than 100 games in his first three seasons after being drafted. He joins David Robinson, who spent two years in the Navy after college, and Greg Oden. So Zion played in 37% of the Pelicans games in this time, and that includes the playoffs. So bringing back in my friends, Zach and Perk, um, Andrew just alluded to the fact that Zion hasn't played pretty much with any of the current central players on this Pelican squad. So is it safe to assume, Zach, that he just fits in with the current roster construction? Just how dangerous does he make this Pelicans team? Of course he fits in. A talent of Zion's caliber. You fit around Zion, not the other way around. As for this team, this is going to be a dynamite offensive team. You have a starting five probably of CJ, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Zion, Valanchunas. They're going to have to figure out the spacing with Zion and JV, but he's going to push the pace. Zion's going to set screens. He'll post up. We'll see some points, Zion. If this isn't a top five offense, I'm going to be surprised and disappointed. They have some quality depth off the bench. I love all their young guys. Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado, Dyson Daniels, who they just drafted. Obviously, Herb Jones. I love all those guys. That's a great young core. They're going to be a very dangerous team. I might pick them to be in the top six as of right now. Obviously, we've got to see what happens with Durant, where he goes, how that impacts the conference. But I think this team is deep and super talented offensively. The question is the other end of the floor. That starting five I named, Herb Jones is really the only good defender in that lineup. They're going to have to get stops to be a really serious team. But on paper, this is a dynamite scoring team. Zach Lowe, the president of the Herb Jones fan club. What do you think, Perk? Mm. Herb, baby! <laughs> well, what? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. Everything Zach said was right. Malika, I owe the fan base. I owe the city of New Orleans. I owe David Griffin. I owe everybody in the front office. I owe everybody an apology. And I'm coming on national television, and I'm telling the whole fan base, the city of New Orleans, the state of Louisiana, that Big Perk apologized, that I'm sorry. I said that if Zion signed back with the Pelicans to a loan to, to his rookie extension, I will come on here and publicly apologize and admit that I was wrong about the city of New Orleans. They should not sell them. So now they could take this and I will be donating some money to a charity uh, around New Orleans. Oh. That was the deal that we made. Uh, some of us Pelicans like fans it. on Twitter. So as a man, I'm going to come on here and I'm going to stand on that. I'm going to honor my word. And the future is bright for the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, I like, you know what, Kendrick? I like that a lot. So we'll stick with you on this one then. Mm-hmm. The other point that Andrew Lopez made is how easily the Pelicans could, could put together an appealing package in a Kevin Durant Center trade around Brandon Ingram. If that hypothetical trade were to go down, the Pelican ceiling would be what? A championship. Boom. A championship. You, we, we, we all know that Kevin Durant 
instantly makes any team that he go to a contender. Mm. But you put Kevin Durant alongside C.J. McCullough with Zion Williamson, <clears throat> Herb Jones, the athleticism that they already have at the wing position, and the way that Coach Willie Green has got this team and this culture on point, you would think, yes, the Pelicans should be one of the favorites, if not the favorite, of winning it all. But I wouldn't have them as my favorite. They probably would be third or fourth on my list. But, yeah, they still would be winning the championship. I just don't want them to get rid of Brandon Ingram. Mm. Brandon Ingram is under 25 years of age, and he has yet to scratch the surface of his prime. But if, he have to, if you have to get rid of him to get Kevin Durant, then you got to do what you got to do. Zach? No Brandon Ingram equals no Kevin Durant, and I agree with Perk. If they got KD, even with Ingram out the door, their ceiling is finals slash championship. Not my favorite, like Perk said, but that's the ceiling. I absolutely agree, and then maybe all of us will be donating to, mm-hmm. to something in Perk's name. There's going to be a statue put up. I can, I can already see it. <laughs> all right, we still have plenty more to come, though, on NBA Today. Uh, there has been a whole lot of chatter surrounding where Kevin Durant could land. So we're going to debunk any of those myths, those rumors. Look at some realistic trades for the superstar. That's next. NBA Today is back after this. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. All right, it's time to go coast to coast. And let's start in Stockholm, where Luka Doncic did his best Kareem impersonation. Showed off the sky hook in Slovenia's World Cup qualifying win over Sweden. Perk, did you see this? Do you see the man against his back? I do. I see Luka hooping. If you, and look, if you're a GM of a franchise or an owner of a franchise, this is what you want to see. Your superstar player loving to play basketball. Well, next, Darius Garland agreed to a rookie max extension with the Cavs, worth a projected $193 million that could bump up to $231 million if he makes the all-star team next year. Hey, Zach, do you agree with giving Garland the rookie max? The producers are saying be quick, so I'll just say, yes, I agree. (laughs) Move on. Well, Goran Dragic, (laughs) he agreed to a one-year deal with the Bulls, adding depth to a position that also features Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso. How do you see this move impacting Chicago, Perk? I love it. It moves the needle. Look, he's a guy that knows his role. He plays winning basketball, and he brings the tenacity. I love it for the Bulls. Well, today, the Nets, they signed T.J. Warren to a one-year deal, according to Woj. Warren scored 31 points per game in the bubble, but he's played just four games in two seasons since then. We'll see what he adds, a little bit of depth, potentially, to the Brooklyn Nets. All right. Coming back here with Zach Perk and Bobby Marks, our front office insider in the house. Free agency, it's the name of the game. So Bobby. Bobby. Big money, Bobby. Um, let's hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello, hello. Um, let's start with the elephant in the room because why not? The realistic teams that can actually land Kevin Durant. Bobby, who are they? Well, I think it certainly starts with Toronto, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's a matter of what the combination is that Masai Ujiri is willing to give up as far as when you look at Scotty Barnes, 
Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi. They've got four first round picks to send out in a deal. They can do pick swaps. I think the interesting thing, Malik, is that we've talked about Pascal Siakam. He was signed to that rookie max extension, but he can be traded to, net, to the Nets with Ben Simmons because his contract was only four years, not five years like yeah. Bam out of bio. So for me, it's all about Toronto as far as I see them as kind of the leader in a clubhouse if they want to get a deal done with Brooklyn. Zach, I know you, you've been a, mm. a fan of this potential deal for a while now. Yeah, I mean, look, it makes a lot of sense. I'll say this, though. If Masai Ujiri can trade for Kevin Durant without including Scotty Barnes in the deal, I will tip the proverbial cap to him, maybe wear some moose antlers on TV, swing a hockey <laughs> stick around, because I just don't see a combination <laughs> appealing enough to win the Durant sweepstakes without Scotty Barnes. And look, you can sit here and scream and yell if you're a Raptors fan. He's untouchable. We can't trade Scotty Barnes. He could be a 10-time All-Star, all this, a homegrown player. I get all that. That's fine. That's all fair. To me, you just don't get Kevin Durant then. And that can be fine, too. You have a really good team and a rookie of the year. But I, if he can pull that off, boy, oh, boy, that would be a coup. Well, I mean, you just tempted us with Zach Lowe and Moose Ears, so I I'm sold. Whatever gets that to happen, I I'm all for that. <laughs> the Nets, though, they were active this morning. They signed both TJ Warren and Edmund Sumner. That's according to our Adrian Wojnarowski. I want to take a look at how their roster looks exactly right now. Bobby, what do these recent moves by the Nets signal for their plan moving forward? If anything, you can see right there some of the moves they've made. I think it signals like buckle up. We're going to be in this Kevin Durant sweepstakes for a long time here, Malika. Mm. I just look at it. Brooklyn was kind of in this holding pattern for about, I guess, 96 hours where they had the fewest players on their roster. They had 10. They had signed Patty Mills and Nick Claxton. And then after that, it was silence. And we were just waiting for that five for one type deal. And now there is no Durant trade out there and Brooklyn's going to conduct business like the other free agent, the other teams out there in free agency. So you add a little bit of depth, your roster now goes to 12. You still have some spots to fill, but I just, I just look at it that there's no deal on the horizon and Brooklyn realized that we needed to go out and, you know, start signing players. Hmm. Interesting. So we mm. will see, I, I know oh. per Perk's ears are, are perking up a little bit. Perk's ears are perking. Why? I've never... I've never said that before. Perks ears are perking up mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, I know that, as Woj said earlier on the show, Summer League in Vegas, it's a coming. And we know that GM's front office folks, they descend on Las Vegas. So we'll see what deals, if any, come out of that. Bobby Marks, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Yes, Finger. Oh, you're channeling your inner Brian Windhorst. <laughs> I, I, I No, no, I, no, no, I, no I, got, I got a question. For, uh, okay, I'll talk to Bobby later. I'll text you, Bobby. Oh, boy. Right, you can ask it. We have time for it. All right. Coming up, though, on NBA Today, we have the latest on Brittany Griner's first public statement in her handwritten letter to President Biden. More NBA Today after the break. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. Brittany Griner has been imprisoned in Russia since mid-February, and the WNBA All-Star is on trial for drug charges, and legal experts say this is a show trial. It's all but certain that it's going to end in conviction and lengthy prison sentence. And facing that, Griner penned a handwritten letter to President Joe Biden expressing her terror at being imprisoned. And Griner's letter read in part, quote, as I sit here, 
in a Russian prison alone with my thoughts and without the protection of my wife, family, friends, Olympic jersey, or any accomplishments, I'm terrified I might be here forever. I realize that you're dealing with so much, but please don't forget about me and the other detainees. Please do all you can to bring us home. And the White House press secretary just spoke on the matter minutes ago. Take a listen. This has been on top of mind of the president. Like I was there when he read the letter um, and he takes this to heart. He takes this job um, very seriously, especially when it comes to bringing home U.S. nationals who are um, wrongfully detained. So again, this is a priority. Uh, we are going to make this happen. We've had, she's, we have been in constant communications, uh, Secretary Blinken, the special envoys I just listed out, and also uh, Jake Sullivan, our national security advisor. We're gonna continue to have those conversations uh, and we're gonna continue to, to make sure we use uh, everything at our disposal to bring her home and also Paul Whelan and all the other U.S. nationals that are abroad. We now welcome in Shannon Crawford, ABC News Global Affairs reporter. So, Shannon, how do you interpret this response from the White House here? Well, you know, Malika, it's interesting. That is actually the first confirmation we've gotten that President Biden has, in fact, received and read that handwritten letter. Uh, you know, since news broke that it was received at the White House, uh, we've gotten a lot of boilerplate kind of comments, just general reactions, promises to do everything to bring Brittany Griner home, but we didn't get a real reaction like that. Now, I asked State Department spokesperson Ned Price just moments ago for his visceral reaction to it, and what he said was that, you know, diplomats in Russia have been assured that Brittany Griner is keeping the faith, but that is a painful, painful letter to read that she's afraid that she might be in Russian prison forever. You know, I think that she's someone who's incredibly emotionally strong. She's showing that, but she's also asking for help. Uh, it's just hard to read, hard to react to. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, we've seen high profile prisoner swaps between the United States and Russia in the past. From your reporting within the State, State Department, is a prisoner swap on the table here? You know, administration officials will tell you that everything really is on the table. They want to bring Americans home. You know, we've seen them do it before, just a couple months ago with Trevor Reed. They were able to uh, bring him back home in an international prisoner exchange. But, you know, the problem is that the State Department, they're very quiet about everything. They don't want to jeopardize any negotiations. It's difficult to get a read, you know, even in the sunniest times. And to say that relationships with Russia right now are difficult yeah. is definitely an understatement. Uh, so, you know, that is, uh, there's an air of mystery there, but also the trial you mentioned, the show trial, so many people see it as a farce, but there is still, uh, you know, a way of thinking that that farce is going to have to play out before Russia will really come to the table for a potential prisoner exchange. And that could take months. And of course, that is not what Brittany Griner's wife, that's not what her teammates, that's not what they want to hear because you know, to them, she's already been locked away for far too long. Yeah, Shannon, you mentioned Griner's family, her wife, uh, Cheryl Griner. She's been especially vocal about calling for Brittany's release. How does Griner's family's strategy of speaking out, speaking up, how does it line up with the administration's? 
Well, traditionally, the State Department, other officials have said, you know, to families, hey, keep your voice down, keep your head down. We don't want to raise the value of the detainee. We don't want to jeopardize any potential negotiations that are happening behind the scenes. But, you know, this is not a typical case. Brittany Griner was a star before she was arrested back in Russia. You know, she was one of the greatest to ever play the game then. She is now. Her, you know, only more eyes are on her as this uh, strange case and high-profile cases played out and been covered by the media. So there is a lot of attention. And we did hear a wife say, you know what, I don't think silence is getting me anywhere. The mm. State Department says they talk to families, they don't give them mandates, they don't give them rules to follow. Uh, it might not have, her strategy might not be condoned per se by officials, but I think that that frustration, that desire to do really anything to bring a loved one home is something that all, all people, you know, all Americans can, can relate to, and, and it really resonates. Absolutely. It's one of those things, part of her letter that was so chilling when she said, if I didn't have all of those accolades, essentially, uh, that's what's leaving her sitting here. And that's a, a scary feeling I can only imagine to have. Shannon Crawford, ABC State Department reporter, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today and shedding some light on this issue. Still to come, it's the three-year anniversary of a monster summer league dunk by Zion. So see if that made our top of the top. NBA Today will be back in 60 seconds. ESPN in the app will have a Salt Lake City Summer League doubleheader, the first of three nights of games. Our coverage of Grizzly Sixers tips at 7 Eastern, followed by the Thunder and the Jazz. These games are preps for the NBA Summer League, which starts Thursday in Las Vegas. And speaking of Summer League, our producers, they went digging around a little bit and found some of the most memorable plays. So let's do some top of the top. Roll it, Kathy. Let's see what we got here. In honor of the start of Summer League, this is where we're going to start. The top of the top in summer league history. We have a little bit of bully ball. Oh, oh. that's daddy ball. That's daddy ball. <laughs> that Give me was, that, that, son. Was, that's that what might I have been the end for Kevin Knox. Oh, Zach. <laughs> Zach. Oh, my gosh. Moving on. All right. We're going to get to some clutch oh. moments. We're going to start with D'Angelo Russell. This was 2016. It was against the 76ers. Check the shot clock here. 1.8 left. For the win. Oh. And he said, ice in my veins. We've seen it a couple times since. You know who that is? That's Cam Thomas last year versus the Wizards in overtime. Hit the little step back. Ooh, Ooh buddy. He, he is nice. Good. I like that kid. I do too. Really good. Oh, a little one leg. Oh. All right, this is always fun. We have monster slams. And we're going to start. Go back to 2009. Blake Griffin. Ooh. He came flying Ooh. out of there. Look, it no comes more in summer league after, after that. The, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Look we took off from. It was, yeah, it was a wrap. And look how many defenders were on there. And then next, take a look at this. That oh, Jalen Brown. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh. With the flat tizzy. Put that. Ah. Oh my goodness. Jalen Brown. Ooh. We should have known then. Well, guess what? Who else is in Summer League? Um, we will be there. Uh, who are you most looking forward to see, Zach? 
How about Jade and Ivy? I'm excited for the Pistons next season with Ivy and Kate like Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, Durin, the kid they drafted. I want to see what Jade and Ivy can do. What about you, Big Perk? Chet Holmgren. Yep. He's been talking a lot of talk. I love his swag. I love his confidence. I want to see what he do. Don't he play tonight. I'll be in front of the tube eating leftovers. Well, watching. eating leftovers. We're 48 hours away from NBA Today being live from <laughs> Las Vegas. That's going to do it for us for today. Hey, Perk, go heat up those leftovers and enjoy it. We will see you tomorrow. <laughs> Can't wait.